0: Is he worthy of it all? Give Jesus some praise today. Come on. Welcome to the Refuge Church. If you're new here, my name is Adam Harold, and my adorable wife, Tanya, and I have the privilege of leading this church that we call the Refuge. We do it as a team. I couldn't do it without her. She couldn't do it without me on most days, and I just thank her, and I always want to honor her, and our social media team did a great job of making fun of me doing that this week, and uh, I just really appreciate that. Uh but I just want you to know that I I honor her and uh she's very much a part of the leadership here and uh we, we follow God together and it's one of my greatest joys in this life. Today is day eight of 21 days of prayer. We have um, experienced God together for the last seven days. Every day, Monday through Friday, we meet here at 6 a.m. to to pray together, and it's been phenomenal. We do it at the beginning of every year where we turn our attention to God for 21 days. And um, this week was interesting because on Wednesday... I came in, and uh, the ceiling had fallen down pretty much, and so uh, we had about seven leaks or so, and so the good thing is I was here on Wednesday morning, and I could see that, and we had time to get everything back in order for today, and so um, we have enjoyed seeking God together. Today marks the beginning of week two, and the first week we focused on who God is, The second week, this whole week, we're going to focus on who I am. Who does God say I am? It's um, today's prayer focus, for today is Christ in you. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27 teaches us this. This is God's secret. It says, Christ is in you. And for those that have put their faith in Jesus, he dwells inside of us. And so, if Christ is in me, that means I'm holy. If Christ is in me, that means I'm righteous. If Christ is in me, that means I'm perfect in God's eyes. I have had to discover in my own life, I've had to discover my security comes from knowing who I am in Jesus because for the longest time, I struggled with insecurity. When I discovered that Christ is in me, I discovered who God sees me as, and as I see myself as God sees me, I am so much more confident, I'm so much more secure, I still struggle with it, but I know who I am, and so today as we pray, as we turn our attention, we want to thank God that Christ is in us. Let's bow and pray today for day, day eight of 21 days of prayer. Father, I thank you that you loved me so much, that you paid the ultimate sacrifice by sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sin, to remove the sin from my life, to make me holy, to make me pure, to make me righteous, to redeem me. God, I pray that I would understand who I am in Jesus today. And God, that as we seek you today together, I pray that you would show us that Christ is in us. But God, the truth is, is that unless I invite you in, you are not in. And so God, I pray for those that haven't invited you into their lives, wholly, given you their whole heart. Father, I pray that you would reveal truth to them today, that they are in desperate need of a Savior named Jesus that wants to come into their life and dwell in them and make them a new creation. Father, I thank you for your word. We stand on it today. We ask you to use this time to reveal truth to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today, we are in week two of a series that we're calling It Is Written. Now, It's actually, it is written the revised edition. This is, if I were to call it something else, it would be, it is written 3.0. And the reason why it's 3.0 is because uh, we've done this series uh, twice before. The first time we did it in the high school, the second time uh, we did it online, and now we're doing it in this building. So we've been in this building for, I think, I think if my math is right, two years now, just a little bit over that. And so if you've come to the refuge in the last two years, which let's be honest, the majority of you have started coming to the refuge in the last two years. And um, so you haven't heard this preached live. And so um, we're doing this again, and it's foundational. It's pivotal that we understand the truth about God's word. And last week i don 't know if you remember this or not, but we got a lot of snow <laughs> so i 'm glad to see that you 've all dug yourselves out. You are in fact Mainers, and you have survived uh, the snow that we had last week, and hopefully you 'll survive and you, not hopefully you will survive the snow that we'll have this week, right So we live in maine and so but because of that, we had to cancel service and so um, we canceled. Um, all of them except for this service, the 9.30 we had last Sunday. And so if you weren't here, the, I'm, the reason I'm getting into all of this is because a lot of you weren't here. Go back and listen to that message week one of It Is Written 3.0. Um, it was foundational. It's on refugemain.church messages. You can find all of our messages on there. But just a really quick recap. Last week, I gave you permission to ask questions about God's word. But this was the big idea. The big idea was this when we question something, it reveals a determined heart. But when we ask questions about something, it reveals a teachable heart. We said that you have to approach God's word as a teacher, not as a dictator right we have to approach it like it's going to teach us something and the what happens is we question something and when we question it we've just, we've already made up our mind we've already determined that it's not going to change my life or it's not going to do anything for me and so we have to get to the point where we're asking questions about God's word and listen i've been in ministry my entire life my dad was a pastor I went to Bible college. I've grown up around God's word. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know, I always ask questions about God's word. I don't have it figured out. I'm never gonna have it figured out until I get to heaven, until I see Jesus face to face. That's when I'll have it all figured out. But the Bible teaches me that I cannot understand all of the depth of it So I never approach it like, oh, I I know all the answers about God's word. I always have to ask it questions. I always have to approach it as it's going to teach me something. And if I can approach it like it's going to teach me something, Then what I'm going to talk about today with revelation, I'm going to talk. So last week we talked about question. Today we're going to talk about revelation. And when I approach it as teacher, it allows the spirit to reveal truth to me. So today I want to give you something that I believe will help you in understanding the the depth of God's word. If you're here this morning and there are people in your life that you're just praying, God, please show them who you are. Please help them come to know Jesus. Please save their soul, right? If you're here and that's you, I hope today encourages you. Maybe you're here and you're like, no, I've already made up my mind. God's word isn't really much of a help. I've got a determined heart and I've already determined. I believe that today can encourage you too. I hope that today is an encouragement to all of us. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. You can turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to look at uh, verses 9 through 11, but our focus is going to be on verse 10. But this morning, I, I think that my message will show you why every time I go to God's word in a message, I always pray first. So if I could do that real quick, I know we just prayed, but this is really important. So let's pray and ask God to reveal truth to us today. Father, you are the author and the giver of life, and you are the author of truth. All truth is your truth. And God, I pray that today as we Seek your word as a teacher in our life, Lord, that, that people would understand that I'm just, I'm just part of the mouthpiece this morning. I'm not, I'm not the author of this. Father, you have given me this word to reveal your truth to us, and I pray that we would open our hearts in this conversation with you today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 through 11. Are you guys with me? All right, three of you are with me, and one of your phones are going off. So, First Corinthians, I heard it too, y'all. Come on, like I always hear it. All right, if you hear something in the middle of a sermon of a service, I hear it too. Okay, so First Corinthians two nine through eleven says this: That is what the scriptures mean when they say, "No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined." What God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one. Can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. Can I just tell you real quick that this, that passage will solve a lot of problems for some of you, right? I, I don't always know what Tanya's thinking. Only Tanya knows what she's thinking. Come on, somebody, all the the husbands said Amen, right? God is the only one that knows his spirit, or sorry, God's spirit is the only one that knows his truth, and he's the one that shares it with us. I remember this last year, I was leading a a small group, and we were studying 1 Corinthians, the whole book, and we were going verse by verse, and chapter by chapter, and I would always ask this question after I read a, a passage, I would say, Where do you see God's character in what we just read? Where do you see God? And I read this passage in chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, and I said, where do you see God? And we could not get away from this truth, and it's today's big idea. Today's big idea, one thing that I want to communicate to all of us today, it's this one thing. Truth is revealed by the Spirit. Truth is is revealed by, let me say it this way, God's spirit. Because God is the author of truth. He's the one that reveals the truth to us. I'm not the one that discovers it. He's the one that shows it to me. I have to understand that. Because if I think I'm the one that discovers it, I get the credit. He's the one that shows it to me, and I get to live it. The Spirit reveals truth. And so this morning, I've got three components that I want to give you that the Spirit uses to reveal truth to us. Three components that the Spirit uses in the discovery of truth. Component number one, prayer. Component number one is prayer. If you're taking notes, write that down. If you're not taking notes, write it down. If you want to follow along in the YouVersion Bible app, by the way, um, the screens will tell you how to find that. All of today's notes are available there. Uh, I'm going to show some diagrams later. They're all available on there. Today's notes are really important. I really look at today's message as a teaching message. I hope that you can take away something that you'll be able to apply in your life. So, The Spirit reveals truth. The component, number one, that He uses to do it is prayer. Psalm chapter 145, verse 18 says, The Lord is close to all who call on Him. Yes, to all who call on Him in truth. In other words, if we ask God for truth, He will give it to us, but it says, The Lord is close to all who call on Him. Now, Some of you are calling on him from the other side of the room. Guess what? He's still close. You know why? Because you're calling on him. But you have to do the calling. You have to do the seeking. Without doing the calling, without doing the seeking, guess what? He's not going to show up. We have to call on him for him to reveal to us the truth That we're looking for. If we want God to reveal truth to us, we have to call on Him. And the way we do that is by praying through prayer God, speak to me, show me your truth. It doesn't always happen by accident. Notice I said always. Sometimes it does. But when it does, It's because your attention is turned there. That brings me to number two, component number two, attention. So the Spirit reveals truth through prayer, component number one, but also component number two is the attention. I have to give God attention in order for him to show me truth. It doesn't happen by accident When I see something that shows me that he loves me, if I give it attention and say, God, was that you? Guess what? He's gonna tell you if it was him or not because you've given him the attention to do it. For a lot of us, this is where the breakdown happens because we don't give God attention daily. I give God attention daily by opening God's word to speak to my heart, to reveal truth to me. But I also give God attention with my week by showing up on Sunday. I also give God my attention, guess what? In my finances. Right? I give him attention in my finances by giving to him back, by tithing to him what he asked for me to give to him. Some of you are asking God for a financial blessing because you want him to show up in your wallet, but you haven't shown him attention there. Why would God bless something in my life that I haven't shown him that, I, that he has my attention in that area? In order for truth to be revealed to us, we have to give attention to the truth. If we've already made our mind up, we don't have, he doesn't have our attention. Prayer is the way we talk to God. God's word is the way he talks to us. And so as I give God attention, I pray and I ask him and I talk to him, I communicate to him. But then I have to open his word, which is the way that he communicates to me. The primary source of his voice is his word. I have to seek it. I have to give it attention. Whatever that looks like. When I give God the attention, he will reveal truth to me. For some of you, you're only getting his voice on one day of the week. Because you only give attention one day of the week. I said in the first service, I made a joke, that you only give God attention when Chick-fil-A is closed. And then throughout the rest of the week, you go to to Chick-fil-A to show God the attention, right? Like, we have to give God attention every day of the week if we want the truth to be revealed to us. The only way that you can guarantee that you're hearing God's voice is by opening up his word. That's the only guarantee that is from God. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're hearing from God when you're hearing from me. I always do my best to speak on God's behalf, but guess what? I'm human. I make mistakes. Your doctor is human. He makes mistakes. So, like, I'm doing my best to communicate the truth of God's word, but the only way that I can guarantee is from him is if I read it In God's word. But without the spirit. They're just words on a page. Let me say that again. Without the spirit. They're just words on the page. I need the Holy Spirit to reveal to me that what I'm reading is true. Without the revelation of the Holy Spirit. It's just the words on a page. Let me show you how Jesus communicates this to his disciples. John chapter 16, verse 12. John chapter 16, verse 12 says this, 12 through 15. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the Spirit of truth comes, listen, Jesus believed that the Spirit reveals truth so much that the first time that he, refer- he refers to the Holy Spirit, He doesn't call him Holy Spirit. He calls him the spirit of truth. So, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. If you underline in your Bibles or highlight, highlight, he will guide you into all truth. The spirit is the one that guides us into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you, What he has heard, who has he heard it from? Keep reading. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. Who's me? Who's Who's talking? Jesus is talking. Verse 15, all that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said, the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. So, there's a channel within the Trinity that goes, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. All truth originates with God the Father that is shared with Jesus, the Son, that is shared with the Holy Spirit. They all together make up truth. And I get to be the one to discover it when the Spirit reveals it to me. But the only way that I can receive the truth in my life is if the Spirit reveals it to me. Jesus is speaking of the Holy Spirit here, and the Holy Spirit is here today. You know how I know the Holy Spirit is here today? Because the Holy Spirit dwells inside the believer. And I, just a hunch, but my guess is that there are many believers in this room. When the whole when the when many believers gather together, his Holy Spirit is there. The Holy Spirit is here. We get to experience the feeling that, that the Holy Spirit provides when we all sing together and worship him together. And that feeling is so great. But he's not, he's he dwells in the believer. A huge part of attention, so component one is prayer, a component two is attention. A huge part of attention is invitation. Attention plus invitation equals revelation. Write that down. Attention plus invitation equals revelation. I have to invite the Spirit to reveal truth to me. Because the Holy Spirit, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus, the Father, they're all three one, and together they are a gentleman. They don't force themselves on any of us. God isn't going to force his truth on you. He's going to reveal his truth to you. Then you have the choice I believe you have the choice. Not everyone believes this. I believe you have the choice to receive it or to reject it. But it is so good. Why in the world would you want to reject it? His spirit reveals truth. But I have to invite it. Once again, attention plus invitation. I have to invite it. I invite it by spending time with him. I invite him in my finances by giving to him from my finances, showing him attention and inviting him to me. So many people, this is the reason that the Spirit hasn't revealed truth to them, because you're not inviting him to do it. In fact, some of you have resisted the Spirit to reveal truth to you. Why would he invite, why, why would he reveal truth to someone that hasn't welcomed it? When I invite something in my life, I welcome it in my life. He's not going to, he's not going to reveal truth to people that haven't welcomed truth. The Holy Spirit plays a major role in God's voice in my life. And so um, this week I was on a on a Venn diagram kick. Do you know what a Venn diagram is? A Venn diagram is this. I'll show you. And um, this helps me. Um, anytime I can, I, I think of three things that go together, I, I put them in a Venn diagram. And when it comes to the voice of God, I think of three things that make up the voice of God. I would tell you that three things make up the voice of God the foundational piece to the voice of God is what I've already said. It is his word, his written word. That is the Bible. The written word, right? The second mouthpiece to God's voice and what I would, I would label each circle a mouthpiece of God. One is his word. Two is the spoken or audible word of other people. People like myself, people like Tanya, People like your mom or your dad that raised you going to church, right, that brought you up in church, people that know Jesus, people that are a disciple of him, a follower of him, it doesn't mean they have a microphone on the stage on Sunday, right? It's your friends that love you and care for you and also love Jesus and love and care for, like, like want, they show their attention to him. They have invited him in their lives. They're the spoken, audible word. But the third one is, is prayer. We have to pray. It's, again, it's the foundational piece, or it's, the, it's one component of the way that the Spirit reveals truth to us. And right there in the middle, when I put all those things together, the black dot equals the voice of God. The written word plus the spoken word plus my prayer to God equals the spoken word. I remember Mark Malding taught me how to hear the voice of God in my life. And um, I had heard it before. I had understood it before. But when Mark taught me, he said, uh, he gave me permission. He said, Adam, just pray and ask God what he thinks about this, what he thinks about the refuge church, what he thinks about your wife, what he thinks about your kids. Ask him. And guess what? He will speak to you. Will you hear it audibly? I don't think so. But you you could. But you know where you hear It's the very first thought in your mind. So this is how that looked. I said, God, tell me what you think of Tanya. And every single time the first thought in my mind was from his word. She is loved. She is beautiful. She is mine. It's going to be consistent with what he says about her. It's not going to be what Adam thinks about her. And you already know, I think, I think she's great. What do you think about the refuge church? And the first thought and when I when I prayed and I asked God, what do you think of the refuge church? You know what he what the thought was? It was a force. The first thought was that the Refuge Church is a force to reach this world for me. That when it works together, it will make an impact in this world. And it's a force that cannot be stopped because I am with it. But that's what the Bible teaches me. It teaches me that no no weapon formed against us will ever prosper. It teaches me that Jesus Christ is the one that is building his church. It teaches me that the church is the hope of the world. And so when I pray, when I combine those three things together, I hear the voice of God. I've got to hurry. Number three. So first, prayer. Second, attention. Number three faith. Number three is faith. Component number three to hearing the voice of God to reveal, for the, the Spirit revealing truth in my life is I got to have faith. As I wrote this message, I have to tell you that I thought it was going to be something else. I thought the component was action. I thought, I thought I had to take the prayer and I had to take the, um, what was number two? Are you with me? What was it? Oh, okay. attention. I had to take the the prayer and the attention and I had to put it into action. But that's our spirit. Our spirit says that 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 we have to do something. God turned my attention to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Romans 10, 17. I I lost it in my notes. I'll find it. Go ahead, put it on the screen. So faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. When I realized that I have to have faith, then I can put it into action. The formula to living life God's way, if you want to know the formula to living life God's way, it's this. The Bible plus faith in what it says equals the power to live life God's way. But I have to activate the Bible in my life, and the way I activate the Bible in my life is by believing in what it says. If I don't believe in what it says, why would I ever do what it wants me to do? If I don't believe in what it says, why would it, why would it come alive in in my life? Why would it come to life? Because I don't believe what it says. They're just words on a page. But when I have faith in what the word says, it activates in my life and it becomes alive, just like Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says. For the word of God is alive and powerful. If you don't believe it, it's not gonna have any power. It's sharper than any sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between the soul and the spirit. Between joint and marrow, it exposes my innermost thoughts and desires. The Bible exposes my innermost thoughts and desires. But then the question is, what am I going to do about what the Bible shows me? How am I going to act on it? And My favorite verse when it comes to faith in action is found in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. It says this, God saved you by his grace. And when you believed, when you had faith, you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. You know why? Because the spirit reveals truth. We can't take credit for it because the spirit reveals truth. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do great things that he has planned for us. So that we can put our faith into action. Faith is the final component that the Spirit uses to reveal truth to us. But understanding God's truth requires faith, not evidence. Understanding God's truth requires faith, not evidence. Now, I believe that faith can lead us to evidence, but I don't necessarily believe that evidence will lead you to faith. Here's why. Evidence leading you to faith is not biblical. The reason it's not biblical is because of Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, we don't have time to to get into the scripture. But Matthew chapter 12 teaches, it's, it's the Pharisees coming to Jesus. And they came to Jesus and they said to him, Jesus, just show us a sign that you have the authority to do what you're doing from God. And Jesus responded to them. He actually said that only an evil and adulterous generation would ask God for a sign that he's real. It's, I, I believe that it's, it's, it's evil. And you know why? Oh, my goodness. You know why I think it's an evil thing to ask God for a sign? Because when you ask God to prove himself to you, you're saying, I have a determined heart that you don't, you're not who you say you are. Only an evil and adulterous person would ask God to prove himself to him. Jesus goes on and he says to the Pharisees, he says, the only sign that I'm ever going to give you is the sign of Jonah. Now the Pharisees knew who Jonah was. You know who Jonah was. Jonah got swallowed by what? A great fish, but we'll take whale this morning. I blame Sunday school. It was a great fish that swallowed, swallowed Jonah. And how many days was Jonah in the belly of the, of the great fish? Three days. And how many days was Jesus in the belly of the earth? Three days. And what happened to Jonah? The fish spit him out. And what happened to Jesus? The earth spit him out. What Jesus is telling the, the, the Pharisees, is that the only sign that God will ever give us that he is real is the resurrection. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that if it's not for the resurrection, our faith is useless, it's powerless. The resurrection proves that God is who he says he is. If you want a sign, study the resurrection. It really happened. But Jesus says, the only sign that I'm going to give you to reveal that I am real, it's in the resurrection. But when he says this, he hadn't resurrected yet. So in conclusion, I want to give you one more Venn diagram that makes up the components that the Spirit uses to reveal to us His truth. Prayer, attention, and faith. And when all three of those collide, we might just discover some truth. Prayer, plus attention, plus faith, Equals the discovery of God's truth. Now, here's the important thing about the Spirit revealing truth to me that the Spirit reveals truth. And here's the important thing for you, and I hope it encourages you. When I discovered that the Spirit reveals truth, it let me off the hook. It let me off the hook for a lot of things. It took the pressure off of me. It took the pressure off of me as a communicator of God's word, of God's truth. I don't get up here every Sunday and say, I have to show these people the truth of God's word. I have to, no, all I do is present it. It's the spirit that reveals it to you. It's not me. It's why I drive so many of you nuts when you come to me and go, Adam, that was a great message. And I go, praise God. I'm so glad that God used me today to show truth to you. I don't take credit for anything because it's the Spirit doing it in me. It's the Spirit using me to communicate truth to you. It took pressure off me as a communicator. It took pressure off me as a friend, the friend of people that I've been praying for for years to have truth revealed to them. Spirit, reveal it to them. Open their eyes. Take the scales off their eyes. Let them see it. It took pressure off of me as a parent. That I'm not responsible for my kid. Well, I'm responsible for teaching my kids truth but the Spirit has to reveal it. It took pressure off me as a pastor. As I shepherd the flock that God has given me, I don't do it thinking that I have the answer. I do it saying, God, reveal it to them. Show them that this is the answer. It It took pressure off me as a learner, as a follower of Jesus, as a disciple the Spirit has to reveal. It took pressure off me as someone that disciples other people. I just point them to it. God reveals it. So the question for you today is this. What has the Spirit revealed to you today? Will you trust it? Will you give it attention? Will you allow it to transform you? Stand on your feet, I want to pray with you. Every head bowed, out, every eye closed. The truth is, you have to do your part. You have to do your part to pray. You have to do your part to give it attention. You have to do your part to have faith that it's going to transform you. Now, every once in a while, we'll get a card and uh, turned in on Sunday morning. And a box will be marked on the bottom. I love it when that happens, by the way. And my card back to the person always says, I praise God for the truth that he revealed to you or the truth that he began to reveal to you. I try not to take credit for any of it because he's worthy of all the credit, not me. If you have questions about what the Spirit has revealed to you today, fill out one of those cards, drop it in the black box. But my encouragement to you is to go over to what we call our next steps, the the room that the doors had just opened. Go in there, pray with someone, ask them the questions that you have and ask them to make sense of the truth that God has revealed to you today. When we're in the first uh, service, We were were singing this song that we're about to sing. And um, I just felt the Spirit of God reveal to me in that moment that He really is worthy of my best, the best that I have to offer. And here's what's great about when truth is revealed to you. When truth is revealed to you, you can't help but to do it. I can't help but to give God my best in everything because he revealed to me that he truly is worthy of my best. He's worthy of it all. So we're gonna sing that song in just a moment. But the question again for you, what is the spirit revealing to you today? Father, I thank you for the truth that you reveal to us. I pray that today, You have revealed truth from your word to the individual. And God, I pray that they would give attention and that they would find faith to trust it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let's sing that song and then we'll be dismissed.